Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me pull up my scripture list here. Man, you a bunch of wild and crazy Christians in here on a Sunday night after a week-long revival. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. You, uh, I think, I think you, you'd be candidates for roof ripping off friends. Amen. You know, that story there in Luke chapter five of that man let down through the roof. He came, his friends brought him in. He's on his bed. They couldn't get in, but they tore the roof off, let him down before. Mark, Brother Mark Hankins said, everybody needs four crazy friends who will rip the roof off of your obstacle and get you before Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I think you're all candidates looking at you here tonight. Glad you're here. Praise the Lord. What a week we had. Amen. Praise God. God is so good to us. And uh, we thank God for all the, all the word that went forth. And I want to kind of talk to you tonight about protecting what you heard. And I know Pastor Craig this morning talked about don't be in protection mode, but it, it's a little bit, it, I don't understand. He was talking about as we go out and minister, right? You know, when you go out, you got to get your, and we're going to talk about get your sword out tonight, but you got to have your sword out. Amen. You know, that shield works some, but you got to have your sword out ready to go. But uh, uh, if you got your Bible, I want you to go to Mark chapter 4. I'm not, contradic- I'm not here to contradict or anything he said this morning. And how many of you weren't here this morning? You weren't here. Well, good. You didn't hear it, so that's all right. No, but this, is, this does not cross, uh, plow crossways in his field. Some of you know what that means. You've got the furrows going a certain way. If you try to go cross, it's going to be rough for a while. But glory to God. How many of you love the Word of God tonight? Well, you know, I'm reminded 2 Corinthians tells us this, that we should not be ignorant or that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And I think in, in looking at, uh, church, if you study church history from the time of, you know, the resurrection, the resurrection is ascension and seating of Jesus Christ at the right hand of God, and then his handing over the church to mankind, the only thing, now listen to me, the only thing the devil has had any success against Christians with is to get them off of the word of God. Amen? You know, therefore, therefore uh, history calls it the dark ages. But what happened, when the word of God was shut up in, in monasteries and, and different things of that sort, when you went to church and the sermon was preached in a different language than you spoke and the Bible was read, you didn't understand it. Amen. That the word of God got shut up and brought about what was called the dark ages. But thank God. Thank God. God has always had a remnant that, that, uh, would uh, fight through and would get the word of God. And, you know, when uh, God revealed to that, that monk Martin Luther that the just shall live by faith, he began to see that the people have to have the Bible then in their own language. They have to have it. Thank God. And now, you know, I don't know about you, I got more Bibles than I know. You know, I've got Bibles. Bible, I love Bibles. But it's, not, it's one thing to love. It's better to read it and apply it to your life. I'm telling you, the devil is scared of a Christian who will hear the word of God and then begin to apply it to their life and stay with it till things change. Stay with it till you actually see what the Bible said come to pass in your life. Hallelujah. Here in Mark chapter four, 
So we're going to look at uh, uh, some things tonight. What does what does Satan try to do to us? What's he trying to do so that we, to get us off the word? Well, start here in Mark chapter 4, verse, we're going to pick up in verse 13. Jesus has told this parable, the sower going out to sow, and some of them don't understand it. And then he said in verse 13, 13 sorry, he said to them, know you not this parable, how then will you know all parables? Now, you might notice I, I got this up in King James. I'm reading from a King James Bible, but I tend to take the King James out, so I'm sorry. You cannot buy this translation anywhere. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> sorry. This is the, this is the right out of, <clears throat> this translation is the right out of Ramah. I was made to be a youth pastor and they don't speak King James English, but I had a King James Bible. So what do we do? Ye becomes you. All right. So that's what happens as I'm reading. So he says, he says this, look, if we don't understand what he's talking about in the principles of the sower we don't understand this parable, a parable is put together where something is brought up to compare something, a natural truth to a spiritual truth. If we don't understand this, he said, how are you going to understand all parables? To me, this is the key to understanding the word of God. The word is the seed, right? It's the seed that is sown and the devil does not want it to grow at all. How many of you have ever had to dig up a, a, like a tree or even a bush and, you know, you go out there, the bush, I mean, you, can, you can take your saw or whatever, your hat, you can cut that thing down to the ground. But how many of you know there's more down under the ground sometimes than what you see on top of the ground? And it's a hard job to dig that up. Well, the devil's the same. He knows by experience it's hard to dig the Word of God out of people. So here he said, and look what happens here, verse 14. The sower sows the Word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they've heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the, the word that was sown in their hearts. I'm going to guarantee you, you know, that the devil is working behind the scenes and, and through different things trying to get you off the word that you've heard. In fact, if he can come immediately and do it, he'll do it. You know, you've heard the word about believing God and faith in the word of God, and, you know, and all that. You get excited at winter Bible seminar, and then the weather changes, and you just get all depressed. Well, what does the weather have to do with the word of God? Right? What's this fog out here have to do with God's word being true? Is it only, God's word only works in the sunshine? I guess we'd all have to move to Florida, right? The sunshine state. I don't know what they do in Pittsburgh. How many days? I mean, it doesn't, those of you that live there... Not much sunshine, right? All right? So I don't know. I guess no, the word doesn't work in Pittsburgh. No, the word of God works everywhere. But the devil wants to come immediately to steal that word. Well, let's keep reading here. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word. Now notice, notice all of these are going to hear the word. I want you to notice that. They immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You go to put the word of God into operation, I guarantee you the devil's going to bring affliction and persecution your way. Amen. I mean, sometimes good-meaning people, maybe some of your relatives or some folks that you're going to church with. Amen. You know, they tell you, you know, you better, you better watch that. You know, you'll lose your mind over the Bible. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
well, you'll lose your mind or you'll, you know, just all these, well, affliction and persecution. Notice it arises for the word's sake. Now, here's the thing I want to, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now, and because I know people don't like to hear this, but I'm going to tell you something right now. You're not special. There's no temptation that's overtaken you. There's no affliction or persecution that's come on you that's different that's happened to our, the body of Christ around the world. All right? You're nothing special in that regard. Some folks think, you know, they're the only ones. They're the only ones this is happening to. No, praise God. It happened to Jesus. He was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. Don't you know Jesus was, you know, think about it. Here, Jesus has got a a relative by the name of John. We call him John the Baptist. It's his cousin. Jesus' mother and John's mother were cousins. And, uh, you know, I don't know what their interaction was before, before they met up there in the Jordan River. But uh, this, is, this guy is his relative. You remember uh, Jesus' own brothers came to get him one time because they thought he lost his mind. But John believed in him. He said, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Messiah. John believed in him. Well, John was put to death. Remember? It put him, I mean, it was just the whole horrible situation. John was beheaded. I mean, just a horrible death. And Jesus, the Bible says, went away to be alone. But the multitudes found him out there. And they, uh, 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 they wouldn't leave him alone. So, you know, Jesus, but you know, and something like that happens. I guarantee you the thoughts, is this worth it? You know, well, how come this happened to John? I, I don't know if Jesus knew ahead of time that was going, I don't have any idea, but I do know he went to be alone. But yeah, what did he do? He was moved, he healed the multitudes. He healed them. Glory to God. You see, things are going to happen, but notice it arises for the word's sake. The devil does not want you to get the word active in your life. These are they, verse 18 says, when they were sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Now here's, here's three, five, three other things. It makes five things, affliction, persecution. No, verse 19, the cares of this world. How many of you know we're not to worry, right? The cares of this world. Now, it doesn't mean you don't care about your bills, you better care about your bills or you will pay for your bills in a way you don't want to pay for them. But he's talking about worry, anxiety, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. You know, there's nothing wrong with having things, nothing wrong with having riches, but there are warnings. Warnings that all these things can be distractions to the word of God trying to pull you away, pull me away from the, what the Word of God has to say. Now, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we talk about, well, we need to take the whole counsel of God. That's true. But how many of you know we live in a better covenant, has better promises? I like, I don't know if somebody was, pre- I don't know if somebody said this or I've heard, I don't know where I got this, so I'm taking credit for it, all right? I'll give the Lord credit for it. That if, if I think it was Brother Hagin that actually said it, if if the old, if the new's better than the old, then all, the best of the old is the least of the new. Right? Think about all the great things that are talked about in the, in the Old Testament, yet we're in a better covenant with better promises. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, with that, but all these things, if we're not careful, and if we're not careful, we can get, now listen to me, I, I understand, I'm not trying to make a big, but we can get worshiping the promise and not the promiser. 
That's the deceitfulness of riches. You see, that, that gets to the lust of it. Lust, in the wrong way, is always, is always making an eye, something else God in your life instead of God. Amen? And he goes on to say, of course, notice what it says, these things enter in, they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So I want you to notice here, Satan comes immediately to take the word, the affliction, persecution arises for the word's sake, these other things, just life itself comes in and chokes the word. All right. Now, I know some folks teach this. They go through here, and there's teaching there. I understand it about the soil, that it's about the soil. But to me, the main theme of this, these verses is the Word of God. Because he goes on to say, they are they which so, these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the Word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. Amen? Bring forth fruit. The devil doesn't want any Christian to bring forth fruit at all. Now, John said, or Jesus said in John chapter 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that whole section of scripture there, he says, you'll bear fruit. You'll bear fruit. If my words abide in you, if my words live in you, if you act on them. Let's go to Ephesians chapter six. So Satan wants to try to get the word out of us. And he's going to come, you know, and I'm not saying this to make you afraid because we've got authority over the devil, glory to God. But we need to understand that this is not something, you know, what's, what's behind this and then what to do with it. Now here in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And again, notice it didn't say be strong in your own might. It's his might. But how many of you know that power is working in us? It's in us. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's one of the weapons of Satan, the wiles, uh, trickery of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand it in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So here we're able to, we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now we're able to stand in the evil day. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, with watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, it's interesting that you notice as you go through that armor, every piece of it's tied somehow to the word of God. The gospel, he said, your loins girt about with truth. Well, Jesus said in John 7, 17, 17, that God's word was truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He goes on verse 17, for therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. He talks about our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty self-evident. Taking the shield of faith. How's faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And then, of course, the helmet of salvation. We're told to renew our mind. How we do that? With the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God spoken out of our mouth. Of course, all prayer has to be based on the word of God also. 
But these, these things, the wiles of the devil, the evil day, the fiery darts of the wicked, what are these things? Well, uh, uh, thoughts, ideas, suggestions that are contrary to the Word of God. Every one of these things, because remember, Satan comes to steal the Word. All these things happen because he wants to get the Word out of us. And so any thought, any idea, any suggestion that's contrary to the Word of God, uh, I've got to, uh, you know, Romans 3 says, I've got to let God be true and every, everyone a liar, including myself and my own thoughts. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. But I think, I think too many times as Christians, we let these thoughts, ideas, and suggestions just float around in our life and in our mind and in our thinking. And I'm finding out, you know, I think, uh, you know, from the word of God, it doesn't, yes, the storms of life come to all people, but we don't have to sit back and let life happen to us. We need to be making life happen with God's plan. You see, when I'm in God's plan, doing it God's way, I'm making life happen. Now, when I say making life, you understand through God, all right? But, uh, uh, you know, I know, bless her heart, Doris Day talked about, now something's here again. We got talking about this the other day. We were at, at our at one of the ministerial and reunion luncheons. And some of us were talking about, man, you talk, you talk, you bring up some examples. Now people don't even have any idea what you're talking about. You know, anymore. Now, now we've got, we've got students that are like me. They're more experienced in life than others, but we've got some other students, you know, here at the school. And even I guarantee there's people here in church right now that unless you've watched K- Gilligan's Island means nothing to you. You're like, what is Gilligan's Island? I'll mention that in class. They just look at you like, they don't have any idea what Gilligan's Island is. They just look at you like you've lost your mind. Amen. They don't know about the Brady Bunch. You try to bring, you know, anything, anything like that. They, they have no idea. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, but uh, they don't know. Amen. <laughs> I thought I had a point there, but I've lost it totally. I'm going to go back to First Peter chapter 5. Oh, Doris Day. Thank you. Kesara, sara. Whatever will be, will be. You know? And there's some, there's some things about that. Yeah, you know, whatever's going to happen in the world, you know. But, you know, I don't have to let that be true in my life. It's going to be what I say it's going to be. Because God's given, God's given us that right to speak. We know the worlds are framed by the word of God. Well, we can frame our age, our time, by what we say out of our mouth. We believe that we have whatsoever we say, right? Glory to God. Now, here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist? Now, notice it didn't say God's going to resist him. How many of you know we have to resist him? We have to resist the devil. So that means when these thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, contrary to God's word, that question God's word, come up, I've got to actively resist them. Second Corinthians 10 talks about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, it just comes back basically simply again, what does God's word say about this? What does it say? Right? You know, during Winter Bible Seminar, a lot was said about the Word of God and then the flow of the Spirit of God. 
Well, you know, you got, you got one camp. Well, you know, the Word of God's more important than the move of the Holy Spirit. You got the move of the Holy Spirit camp. It's more important than the Word of God. Well, what's more important, the Holy Spirit or the Word of God? Yes. Hey, man. We need, we need all of it. But we need it in its own time, and we need it in the proper, in the way God wants to do it. But if we're not careful here now, you know, they're, they're, I'm not saying, gonna have, well, you know, the devil will try everything. You know, he does, I know sometimes the devil doesn't try stuff around here so much in Raymond, because it gets taken care of pretty quick. Amen. Now, thank God, you know, all of us, how many of you found out you've got flesh? I don't know. We need to have a pinching service at the end of the service here. <laughs> have you guys seen that it's actually a sport, this slap thing, where these guys haul off and just, as pastor would say, smack the fire out of each other? I mean, they, knock, they, they basically knock, they knock each other out. I mean, I've seen, you know, I'm not talking about arm wrestling. They stand at the same type of thing and they wind up, you know, and they wind up and they wind up. And every once in a while, some guy will hit some guy and that guy will just go. And the other guy's in trouble now because you gave him your best shot. That's what happens when the devil shoots that fiery dart at us and we just go, poop, there's an end the sword right there. You know, sometimes he wants to make it sound like a rocket launcher went off, Right. And it's coming at you. Your shield is already pretty full already. And you're just holding on, you know. Your confession, you're holding on. But he shoots that rocket. Well, listen, if you don't let that rocket get you, he's done. It's going to be like Jesus. He left him for a better time. Go back to Genesis chapter 3 now. Let's see how he does this. Genesis chapter 3. Just want to show you. Verse 1. And then I'm going to go to Luke chapter 4. And we'll be done. Genesis. Oh. That's the first book, Tad, not the third. All right. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God said? What's he doing? Questioning God's word. Questioning God's word. Questioning God's word. Now, I know, I know some folks, and here again, as we get into this, say, well, I had somebody tell me this, actually told me this. Well, not everybody can believe the Bible like you. I hope they believe it better than me. What do you mean not everybody can believe it? No, nah, this is for whosoever will. If you don't believe the Bible, that's your own choice. Amen. And then again, it's sometimes, you know, sometimes you act on the Word of God and you get the quick fix, you know, the instant. But sometimes you're going to have to act on the Word of God and act on the Word of God and act on the Word of God when it looks like it, when it doesn't look like it's doing anything, when you don't feel anything, when you don't see anything, whenever it doesn't matter, you just keep acting on God's Word. Right? All right. And so he said, did, the, did God really say that? <coughs> Excuse me, you'll not eat of the tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. <coughs> Excuse me just a minute. Now, we don't know, as far as what we know in chapter 2, God said don't eat from it. He never said anything about don't touch it that we know of. But I kind of wonder, you know, Adam was supposed to tend the garden. I mean, to take care of the plants. Was that tree a plant in the garden? 
So chances are he touched it before. But she, she's got it worked up in her mind, you know, that no, I'm not even going to touch it. If I can't eat from it, I'll just better stay away from it. And boy, I'm telling you, the, our traditions will make the word of God have no effect in our life. Amen. And so the devil gets her off the word. He questions the word. He shows her, you know, he says, no, God knows this, that the day that you eat, you'll be just like him. You'll know the difference between good and evil. She looked at it. It was, it, it was a good looking fruit. So she took and ate. And now listen, guys, men, let me, let me see all the, all the men wave at me because I'm going to, I'm going to kill a sacred cow right now. You ready? That, that, that woman, she just let the devil deceive her. She just let him there. She should have stomped her foot and got him out of there. The Bible says she turned and handed to him the fruit and he ate with her. He's standing right there, the big dummy with his mouth shut. And he's got all the authority to operate in the garden. He let that serpent talk him out of obeying God's word. So if the devil did that to them, how many of you know he's going to try to do that to you? But not only that, he tried to do it to Jesus. Let's look in Luke chapter 4. Now, in looking at this over, over and just studying this, studying this, it, it's become apparent to me that there, there seems to be three main areas, and that's, what, that's, my, that's really my teaching tonight, three main areas that the devil is going to try to get you to question concerning the Word of God. Are you ready? Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And being 40 days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing, and when he was, they were entered, he afterward hungered. The devil said unto him, if, now notice that, if, 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 questioning, thou be the son of God. Now, we don't, in in Luke's account, it's not right there, but in Matthew, right at the end of Matthew 3, God said, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus goes in the wilderness. Here, it's it's further up in Luke, all right, Uh, verses... uh, Let's see, 21, 22, right in that area. But God had said, spoken supernaturally, a supernatural word, just like we had here at Winter Bible, supernatural, God-inspired word came forth from the pulpit. And then by the Spirit of God, we heard some things that were, that were not part of any sermon, but they were spoken by the Spirit of God. And what does Satan come immediately to do? Steal the word. So he questions him, if you be the son of God, command this stone to be made bread. Now, was Jesus the son of God? Absolutely. So here's the first thing that I think the devil's going to try to do to all Christians. He's going to try to get you to question your identity in God, in Christ. For us, it's who we are in Christ. He's going to get you to question who you are. Are you really the child of God? You, do you really think you have, that you have, that really you, you're a joint heir with Jesus? He's going to try to get you off of that. Question who you are and live like Mephibosheth in the desert instead of in the palace with God. Amen? Live way below what belongs to you because you don't know who you are. He wants to get you to question that. Jesus said to him, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, we take that, you know, the word there is the word rhema, and we're thinking about, we concentrate on the bread, but that's not really about the bread in my mind. He's saying, I'm living by that statement that God, my Father, made that I am His Son. All right? Well, we are sons and daughters. We are the children of God. 
We all, we all have the position of the firstborn because we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Knowing who I am. Verse 5, the devil took him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said, all this power I'll give you and glory of them, for it is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will and give it if, are you questioning it again? If you will worship me, all shall be yours. If you will worship me. Jesus answered, said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. This one here speaks to me, and this is, to me, this is the big one that God got Adam and Eve in the garden. The devil wants to then offer you a shortcut to what you see. Jesus came to take back the authority and to get back God's people. And the devil said, all authority. Well, when did he get that authority? In the garden. The devil said, I'll give it all to you. Just bow down and worship me. That's the shortcut. You know, you've got to, you've got to go to the Word. You've got to find out what the Word of God has to say about your situation. You've got to pray that out. You've got to act on it. You've got to stand on it. You've got to praise Him for it. You've got to worship Him for it. When everything else looks like it's not going, you've got to work the Word in your life. Right? But the shortcut is there. Amen. And it seems like, you know, like, you know, just naturally speaking, I take a whole lot less shortcuts than I used to. Used to would have, could have, could have run and jumped off the platform, but I ain't doing it now. Well, brother, the Bible says God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but it also says he's given, uh, given you a, a sound mind. And nobody with a sound mind at 62 years old is going to run and jump off that platform. Amen. All right, let's keep reading here. Let's get to this last one before we go. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down from here. For it is written, he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. Now, uh, remember here, Jesus defeats the devil. He does every one of these things by saying what the word says about the situation. He said, no, God's word says this. Well, here's the devil trying to quote the word to the word made flesh. I always got, got a kick out of that. So if he's going to try that against Jesus, how many know he's going to try that against us? He did it to Adam and Eve in the garden, didn't he? Misquoted God's word, used it in the wrong way. But Jesus said, it is tempted. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Well, what's, this, what's the third area here? So number one, he's going to get you to question your identity. He's going to question who you are and your relationship with God. Number two... Amen. Number two, he's going to try to get you to, to uh, get, get distracted. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and my mind just went blank. What did I say number two was? Shortcut. Thank you. My mind took a shortcut and went around the other side there. Shortcut. There's so much in these verses, by the way. But number three, he's going to get you to try to prove it. Well, you believe that? Just prove it. Just prove it. God said he, he gave his name, just jump off here then, just prove it. You don't have to prove anything to the devil. You do not have to perform for the devil. A lot of folks live in a performance-based life. You do not have to live a performance-based life. Now, you live with God, you're going you're to perform things. Right? It's not that we don't have manifestations, but you don't have to do anything to prove who you are. Amen. Let me give you a, a practical example. You know, uh, I've seen people 
They're on crutches, or they, I've seen them both on crutches. They got glasses on, whatever. They, they take their glasses off and stomp them to prove that they believe God healed their eyes. They can't, you have to lead them out. They're, they can't see a thing now. Stomping on your glasses doesn't prove that you believe God will heal your eyes. Amen. Getting off your insulin doesn't prove you believe you're healed from diabetes. Amen. Breaking your crutches doesn't mean that you're, doesn't prove that you're healed. Oh, thou that limpest. <laughs> right? Because you're going to go away limping. None of that. You don't have to prove any of that. The devil doesn't need, you don't need to do signs and wonder for the devil. You don't need to prove anything for him. Just the word of God is to act like the word of God and act on the word of God. Stay with the word. Amen. So, you know, you hear, you hear things, you know, during winter Bible seminar and different times at church, you know, thank God. I'm so grateful to be part of a church where revelation comes from the word of God, you know, where the word of God is preached. And we have times like winter Bible seminar and camp meeting, ladies, you know, kindle the flame, called on these things, different meetings here, just at church service, you know, and the, and the word of God's being preached and goes forth with revelation attached to it because it's God's word. Amen. The Holy Spirit's in it. And we hear these things. And then we get caught up sometimes in these three areas. Question. The devil wants to question. Well, you know, that's not, you know, now, if, if, you, had, if you were so-and-so, now that would work for you. No, God's no respecter of person. See, that's questioning who you are. Right? Well, if, you know, well, here, let me say, here's a way to get this faster. Amen. That's one mistake young married couples make. They want everything mom and daddy's got one month after they get married. Well, you can. Those credit card companies will help you. Right? But that's not the best. Glory to God. Then, of course, you don't have to perform. You don't have to prove anything. Just be. Just be. I heard Keith Moore say this years ago, quit trying to impress and just be impressive. Amen. Let's stand up on our feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not going to let the devil, we're not ignorant of his devices. So everything that you heard this week, everything, you know, just keep going over it. Keep going over your notes. Keep going over it over and over and over and over and over again. Listen to it again. Let faith rise up in your heart. You guys can go ahead and come on down our prayer teams. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, if you're here tonight and you need prayer for anything, maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've, back, you've done what we call backside. In other words, you're not living for God the way you know you should. Or you might want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. You might need prayer for some other thing. Our, our men are over here on my left, your right, ladies on, on my right, your left. They're going to pray with you according to the Word of God because the Word of God is what's going to produce results in your life, right? We just believe that your situation, won't, you won't leave here like you came tonight in Jesus' name when you pray. So if at, when we dismiss here, if you need to get to them, go ahead and come on down, men to the men, ladies to the ladies, all right? Gentlemen, anything that we need to go over, all right? Wednesday night, be here. Our power will have a great service. Have a great week. God bless you. You are dismissed.